Anytime. Anytime. Thank y'all. Bless y'all. Lord, have mercy. All praises be. To the Lord our God. He is wonderful. That's all right with me. <laughs> That's all right with me. My brothers and sisters, this is a significant day in the life of the church. Uh, Y'all pray with me as I try to be disciplined to live up to this occasion. Go with me to the book of Psalms. 31 verses 9 through 16 you can find Psalm 31 in your pew Bible let's see here on page 385 then uh, take your bulletin or book should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows Yeah. <laughs> we know we 
Psalm 31. Listen to this. Psalms 31. Beginning with verse 9. No. Psalm 31, 9 through 16. Listen to the heart of the psalmist. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am distressed. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. For I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, of those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Save me in your unfailing love. Mark. Chapter 1, beginning with verse 40 to 42. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant, meaning he had great passion. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was clean. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Why should I feel discouraged? And why should the shadows come Lonely and 
without you watching over us. We come to this moment of preaching, which we seek to hear from what you, the Lord, most ask for your people. We live in here to you, Lord. We need a word from you today. Speak to us. That our lives will be forever changed. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen. Cause I know I know sisters, um, in antiquity, somebody want to repeat there? <laughs> in antiquity, uh, there was a theological perspective. The theological perspective in ancient times was that if there was something good that happened to you, God did it. But also in ancient times, there was an understanding that there was something that that was bad that happened to you, God did it. So really our development of this whole notion, I shouldn't say notion, please forgive me, I didn't mean to say notion of this understanding that the devil is at work. It's really a it's really a late theology when we get to the first century. Alright? And so you have people who still are working upon the theological perspective that anything that is good that has happened to you, God did it, but they're also under the perspective that if anything bad happened to you, God did that also. And of course, we would never blame God for misfortune, for unjust misfortune. And so what would happen is, is that if somebody saw you with an ailment or something wrong with you, they would automatically presume that you have done something to offend God. All right. And because you've done something to offend God, this misfortune has happened to you. There were many people that worked with that theological perspective. And I even want to go so far as to challenge you that many people are working with that theological perspective even today. Amen. Amen. 
And I want to say to you that the church, help me Holy Ghost, is some of the biggest corporates with judging folks according to their ailments. And before we say the devil did anything, we first say, no, this is something God did to you because of your sin. In the first century, the word leprosy was used to describe most skin diseases. In the first century, if there was something that was happening outside of your body that was strange, people would just use the word loosely, you have leprosy. Anything that looked abnormal, anything that looked fleshy, would be considered a skin disease. Now, skin diseases, as you know, make people very uncomfortable. Y'all stay with me a little while. Skin diseases make people feel uncomfortable. You know, uh, I used to have acne. I call it severe acne. Everything that happens is to us is severe, though. <laughs> I used to have severe acne, and I wouldn't even want to go outside. You know, get a pimple on your face and you don't even want to go outside. And you can't help but to think that when people see you, they don't see you, but they see your pimple. <laughs> You're uncomfortable. You feel like you're making others uncomfortable. So you just want to stay inside. But in antiquity, there was a real fear of spreading infectious diseases. And so anything that you can see done on the outside of one's skin, people were afraid that they could catch it. Y'all right. with me so far? And so, and so what happens is, is people will become afraid and people will sort of distance themselves. They will sort of watch you closely until they either seen the rash go away or it evolved into something else. But either way, people put distance between you and themselves. Now, don't, don't, my mom used to always tell me, there ain't nothing new up under the sun. Right. I mean, remember when COVID was happening? I mean, really, COVID, I mean, remember the common cold? <laughs> and nobody had the common cold. Everybody had COVID, right? right. And you couldn't even cough in public without somebody looking at you. Right. Right. <laughs> Leprosy is kind of that way in antiquity, but actual, I mean, the, the loose word of leprosy, but actual leprosy is repulsive. Stick with me. Actual leprosy is repulsive. You get these huge white boils on the outside of your skin. And at first they begin to be fleshy and just sort of, uh, you know, unsightly. And then they, they grow these, these white hairs on them. And then sometimes they harden up like rough scales on your body. And then before they turn into these large boils, they become like these fleshly wounds. And you can actually see the blood and you can see uh, the white meat of your skin on the outside of your body. And so they will force you to have to cover up your skin. The flesh also at times began to deteriorate and then it, it, it leaves off a stench and a smell. And if that's not enough, what happens over time is, is your, your skin begins to retreat and your hands and your fingers become like nubs. Uh, 
People avoid you. People shun you. And even further than that, they outlaw you. And lepers were limited to the parameters of the city by law. If you were found to be a leper, you could not enter Jerusalem, which means you couldn't enter the holy city. You would have to sit outside the city walls. And because you were a leper, you couldn't make a living for yourself, so you were reduced to begging. Begging the people that have made you an outcast. And if that's not enough, not only was it repulsive to people, but it also affected your securities. Or I should say made you insecure. So you yourself is now questioning your own value. And you yourself can't help but to ask the question, did I? Offend God. Now, first of all, there's people that have rejected you and held you on the outside, not just socially, but by the law. Now you're dealing with your own insecurities, and you're now questioning whether or not God even loves you. And the worst part of it all is that it's in Leviticus 13 where it actually says in the word that God did outcast you. Y'all not going to talk to me. Leviticus 13, God says the leper should be set outside the camp. Think about that for a moment. You've been affected by some disease in which you don't know from which it comes. You've been outcast, shunned by people that love you or once loved you. And if that's not bad enough, the scripture is against you. What do you do when you've been pushed out and considered unclean? My brothers and sisters, that's what sin does. Sin pushes us out the holy city of God. Sin pushes us on the fringes of society and makes us feel unworthy of people, unworthy of ourselves, and unworthy of God. Sin causes us to feel dirty. Sin causes us to feel separated. Sin causes us to feel unworthy. And it's funny because the leper does serve a purpose for our theological understanding. The leper serves as a pictorial sin that we can see right. on the outside. Right. The theology of Jesus' day makes the leper one in which cannot hide God's displeasure. Is there a witness here? But I'm here to tell you today that we are no different. 
different than the leper. The only thing is, is that we can see the afflictions of the leper on the outside, but we got some afflictions on the inside. And the only reason why we can enter God's holy city is because we're hiding our leprosy. Say so it On the inside. There's no difference in the sight of God when it comes to sin. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether or not God afflicted us or not. What matters is, is that we got a stain on us that makes us unclean. Yeah. From the scars of our sins on the outside, on the inside. We see the results of our sins being played out on the outside. In the Psalm 31 and 10, I read for you, it says this, and you missed it in the scripture in verse 10 where he says, My strength fails because of my affliction. And the Hebrew word of affliction is then translated as guilt. I know I'm, I'm letting the cycle preach. My strength fails. Because of my guilt. Our guilt makes us what? Want to separate from others. Our guilt makes us want to separate from our very selves. And our guilt makes us want to separate from God. And let me just tell you something. I want to talk to my online folk. And y'all, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Y'all don't like hearing it. But what sin does is sin makes us feel guilty. Sin makes us want to separate from people, separate even from ourselves. We become lost and confused within ourselves. We become insecure within ourselves. And we want to even separate from God. And that's why we get... People saying, God, I can't do you right now. I don't feel like praising right now. I don't feel like praying right now. I don't feel like talking to you right now. Now, y'all ain't going to talk back to me, but I know I'm in the house. And what happens to us is we say, I'm going to take a break from God right now. And we take a break from church. We take a break from that God talking friend that always want to talk about Jesus. <laughs> we take a break from all God and we just kind of do me. I, I need to just do me right now. But I want to tell you that the leprosy that ails us from the inside, what it does is it isolates us from the people and from the one in which we can get our strength from. And it's a trick of the devil for you to be able to think you can get everything you need without associating with the people of God. It's because of me that I can strengthen you. It's because of you that you can strengthen me. Together, we can make it. But when the devil gets us by ourselves, the devil gets us by ourselves, the devil begins to convince us that, you know what, you wouldn't be in this situation if God was for you. You wouldn't be suffering like you're suffering if God was for you. Yeah, yeah. 
It begins to play on our psyche. And we begin to feel what the leper felt cast on the outside. We feel unclean. We, 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 we're still scratching the wounds of the hurt we did to our parents. Y'all not going to talk back to me. We're still scratching the wound of the hurt we did to our children. Come on, somebody. Don't leave me out here by myself. We're still scratching the wounds of the divorce or the way we hurt our spouses. We're still scratching the wounds of our drug addiction. We're still scratching the wounds of our pornography addiction. Somehow, we believe that the misfortunes in which have happened to our lives are the result of our internal leprosy. Well, the leper has an inability to hide what they're going through. But we have developed the ability to be diseased and beautiful at the same time. We look good on the outside because we know how to fake it. Talk to me somebody. We know how to talk it. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. You crying on the inside. How you doing? The Lord is good. Everything's alright. You dying on the inside. There's voices in your head that tell you God doesn't love you like he loves everybody else. Because if God loves you like he loves everybody else, then why is it that you're going through this and seemingly other people are not? And that's only because other people are lying and fake just like you are. We all lying to each other talking about it's good when it ain't good. The only difference between me and you is I might know how to dress it up a little bit better. Hide it a little bit better. And as soon as we begin to judge people that uh, or have leprosy or some of the fringes of outside and, and, and we begin to wonder whether or not we live like that today, we absolutely live like that today. Yeah. Yeah. Because the modern day leper is the one that's on the street corner panhandling, the one you don't want to roll your, your window down for. Yeah. When you give them the money, you make sure you don't touch their hands. All right. still exists and sits on the fringes of society. Not knowing that God is in the midst of it all. When you feel unclean, you don't feel like you can find God. Oh, y'all ain't got to say nothing. When you feel unclean, you don't you think God forgot your address. Is there a witness here? That's where we find the leper. Not knowing where Jesus is as it relates to his condition. And what do you mean he doesn't know where Jesus is? He can see Jesus. He's talking to Jesus. But he doesn't know where Jesus is concerning him. Oh, I got to slow that down. <laughs> I can see you, Lord. I know that you're here, Lord. I know that there's some folks
pray for me. But what I don't know is, is where are you as it relates to my situation? Is that witness here? We, we don't know where God is concerning us. I don't know. I know you're a healer. Am I saying anything? But that's not the question. It's not a question of my faith. I know you can heal. I've seen you heal. That's not the issue. The issue is, is can you heal me? I know that you speak life into dark places, but I'm in a real dark place right now. That's not the question. The question is, will you light up my life? Am I saying anything to you? Because I know I got a past and I know I got some stuff and I just don't feel worthy myself. And even some of my closest friends stop talking to me. And the leopard doesn't have an issue with who Jesus is. The leopard is asking the question, who are you concerning me? I don't want to know if you'll do it for him. I want to know if you're doing it for me. Now, y'all think I'm not talking Bible. This is Bible. Watch this. Here's what I'm saying in the text. It says right there in Mark, it says in Mark one forty. it says, The leper asked if you are willing. Lord, he got down on his knees. The Bible says he begged him. And he said, if you are willing. I'm not talking about your power. I'm not talking about faith. I'm not talking about your ability to do. I know you can do it, but I'm asking you if you are Come on, somebody. <laughs> Y'all got to talk back to me. I got to stick a pin in that for a minute. I mean, you ain't going, to the, you ain't going, you ain't praying like you're praying because you don't believe in God. You're not on your knees because you don't think God is able and God can do all things above what you can hope for or imagine. You're not asking God about what God can do. You're asking God about what God will do for you. Am I, am I talking to anybody up in here? Anybody got an issue that they need to take before God? And they're wondering if God is going to bless them. Y'all not going to talk back to me. But let's just go and be honest with you. When we come to God's mercy seat, we can't come to God as though we ain't got all of our stuff together. We got to come to God's mercy seat with all of our baggage, with my baggage, with my breakup, with my heartache, with my disdain, with my uncleanness, with my sin. Can you do this for me? People have stunned me because of what I've been through. Can you do this for me? I beat myself up. I'm insecure. I don't really love myself anymore. But can you do this? Free me from my affliction. Can you do it for me? Oh, the NIV messed me up. 
Woo, it messed me up. Because it uses a word that can be both a neutral word. It uses a word that can be both positive and negative. The NIV says that the Lord became indignant. And I think the NIV just kind of, what it does is it gives us a good compromise because the word could be positive or negative depending on how you use it. And so what the NIV does, they extract the word indignant and they put in the word. He became very compassionate. Well, compassionate could be a positive word and But I don't really want to haggle with the text. What I want to deal with is the duality of the word indignant. <laughs> Let's just deal with what the text gives us. Let's not try to make up a word. Let's just use what the text gives us. It's a positive word and it's a negative word. He became indignant. <laughs> You ever love somebody and you want the best for them and you do anything for them but they can ask some questions and they can do some stuff to you that'll make you indignant? I love you but right now I can just tell you off at the same time. I love you but you so make me want to just I mean you know you got this duality in you. I, I, I want to help you on one end but at the same time Consider the source. 
somebody. You can't get everything off the internet talking to me somebody. And you can't get everything with your sinful, low-down, no-good friend either. Consider the source. Come on, somebody. You can't get everything off of a no-good man that's trying to look at get your pay. Consider the source. You can't get everything from an evil, money-hungry woman that don't want nothing but to get paid. Consider the source. your leprosy is because you hide it on the inside. You don't know what my leprosy is because I'm hiding it on the inside. I'm on my way home, y'all. But consider the source. I don't know. You ain't got to tell me what you did before the Lord's throne of grace, but you got down on your knees like the leper got down on his knees. And you ask God in your own kind of way, whether you verbalize it or not, Lord, are you Now, you need to consider the source. You need to consider the source. I don't know what it is that you're going through. You may be looking at a divorce, but you need to consider the source. You may be looking at a heartache, but you consider the source. You may be looking at walking out of your job, but you need to consider the source. You may be looking at a, 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 a venereal disease. I don't know what you're going through, but consider the source. When you ask God, in Jesus Christ, are you willing? Yes. Yes. Then the answer is, I'm willing. Is there a witness here? Yes. On this Palm Sunday, Jesus, yes, is passing by. I wish I had a witness here. Jesus is on his way to make his triumphant entry. Is that witness here? But maybe you need to understand what's happening in this text. Well, it was unlawful for a leper to come inside the holy city. And it's also unlawful for anybody to touch a leper. And it is especially unlawful in Jewish law for a priest to touch, hey, a leper. But watch this. The Bible says that before he healed him, he touched him. Oh, you missed your shot. Before he healed him, he touched him. When he touched him, people bear witness to the fact that he touched him. When he touched him, the affliction of social marginalization went away. Is there a witness here? When he touched him, he gave him the personal assurance of knowing that no matter what's going on with him, he still considered him a child of God. When he touched him, deliverance took place. When he touched him, healing took place. When he touched him, power took place. When he touched him, he got up from his bed of affliction and he began to see himself for who God sees him. And I don't know who I'm talking to and I don't know what you're going through, but has God ever touched you? Yes! Has God touched you? Has God touched your life? Has God touched your relationships? Has God touched your past? Yes! 